From Moses, the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, this is the In Her Boots podcast, a show about women cultivating the sustainable and organic agriculture movement and how she does it. My name is Lisa Kiverest, and I founded and lead the award-winning Moses In Her Boots project, providing training, resources, and support for women farmers. I'm a farmer myself, running in serendipity with my family in Wisconsin, and am the author of Soil Sisters, a toolkit for women farmers. The In Her Boots podcast celebrates the collaborative spirit of us women farmers and all women working to transform our food system and steward our land, sharing ideas and inspiration with each other. Whether you're a woman with a dream of starting your own farm or already have your hands deep in the soil, there's something for you here. Be sure to subscribe so you won't miss anything. On today's episode, hear how Kelly Plackey Rome shares her personal farming story and connection to organics in various settings, from talking to the media to conventional farmers. Kelly has found that anyone can spout facts and figures, but it's what lights your fire that moves people. Kelly Plackey Rome is the herdswoman on her family's dairy farm outside of Cuba City, Wisconsin. Their farm has been certified organic since 1996, and they currently produce small grains, beef, and milk for Organic Valley. We are back with Kelly Plackey Rome at the beautiful Plackey Organic Acres here in Organic Dairy with Organic Valley in lovely southern Wisconsin. Thank you, Kelly. Uh, And thank you very much for sharing your story, because that really is the essence of what we as women in sustainable and organic agriculture need to do more of, is sharing what we do, sharing our stories in the media to other people so that we grow this, right? And we get more authentic representation in the media, and particularly from organic voices. It seems obviously numeric and money-wise, we're dominated by industrial ag and other messages, and ours don't always come out there as much. And when you uh, came back to the family farm five years ago and started uh, this new chapter of your life, how how did things start? I mean, did you first start getting requests from the co-op from Organic Valley of talking to different outlets or um what what motivated you to want to do that too I didn't (laughs) want to do that (laughs) I did not I did not go into farming to be uh to do public speaking (laughs) (laughs) um but I will say uh right away when I decided to start being a member of our family's LLC my dad had said, oh, uh, Organic Valley does this annual meeting every year. Uh, you should really go in my place this year because you need to get to know more people in the co-op. They need to get to know you. So you have my blessing to go up to La Crosse for the weekend. Because I know he and the all of his old farmer buddies from Organic Valley, like that was like their weekend. Like they loved it. So oh, it was kind of a- of your dad. Yeah. He knew that that was a new role you and should step into. I will say that it was those- meetings I think that really like kind of led the way for me to or paved the way for me to like get to know a lot more people in the co-op I got involved with this uh, Gen O with Generation Organic program which is all young farmers that are involved with Organic Valley that are 35 or younger and it just kind of went from there and Organic Valley is they're an amazing community of farmers and employees that are all like very mission based and focused on you know spreading the word of 
organic and how important it is for not only the land and the water and the people and animals, you know, they, they're just a co-op that I absolutely respect. I trust. Um, and I think just getting more involved with them is kind of how all of my different chats with media or with legislative representatives, like that, how any of that has really started. It kind of stemmed from my you involvement with the co-op. Part of a team. Yes. When you uh, talk to somebody, a, a reporter or, or a elected official for that matter, and do you get a sense if immediately if they may not be too keen on organics or do you know, do you have a way to sense out? I think so. How or at the their very knowledge least is... if they like, yeah, have any knowledge yeah. about it or like seem to really like care. Um, and in general, I do feel like people do like they, they are really interested in it and, um, you know, they see the benefits that, mm -hmm. uh, this kind of agriculture could bring on a huge scale, I think, but, it's trying to figure out, I think, how to get it to that huge scale is the kind of the hurdle that yeah. needs to be crossed. But you can hear it pretty quick and or at least inspire somebody to be interested after just yeah. I think a few short, a few short. Uh, Yeah. <laughs> and when that happens, talking. how what do you do next? So you're talking to somebody there I mean, who knows, maybe it's their job to be paid there to do a story on XYZ. But do you bring in some personal examples or how do you draw people in to that organic mission? Yeah, I think that's absolutely it. Is It is just talking about your personal experience with it um, because that all not only brings an authentic voice to it, but it brings like your passions out, you mm. know? I remember some of the first few times that I was told to like go and speak at different conferences uh, I was trying to like brush up on all these like facts and figures about how much land isn't organic or how much is. And, you know, it's not really anyone can find that if they want to by a quick Google search. Mm. Um, it's not really that kind of a thing that I realized really quickly that they care about. They care about what is it that got you into doing this and what is it that, you know, excites you about it and like, why should we be excited about it? So it's, I don't want to say people shouldn't go try to prepare a bit for if they're going to go and talk to the media, but I absolutely would say like the most important thing is to just like bring your authentic voice and be excited about telling them what lights a fire in you about what you're doing. Yeah. And so how would you answer that if somebody asked you that question of what, what, what gets you excited? Yeah. Well, it's always changing. <laughs> I think currently it's uh, grazing. Um, I love thinking and reading about uh, the microbiome of the soil and root structures and how plants can actually like talk to each other and um, how can how does that translate to the health of my animals? How does that translate to the health of the products that we're selling off of our farm? How does that translate to the health of the humans who are consuming that product? You know, um, and this year has been an insane year with rain. I mean, we've gotten about double the rainfall that we normally get in Wisconsin. And I have been absolutely amazed how proper grazing can help you to retain so much water. I mean, sure, I've still got puddles sitting on the ground, but 
I mean, the ground is fully saturated and I can guarantee you that I kept more rain on this piece of property than all the cornfields around me. So um, I think that's right now what really But that's very timely. And, and what you're talking about is using your day-to-day farming practices as an example of both soil health, but also mitigating climate change or working towards these bigger issues like the crazy rainfalls we've been having here of how organic farming works. Yeah. And it can be more resilient in the long term. Absolutely. Resilient. Um, It actually can be a carbon sink. Um, This is a thing that really gets me passionate, but I try to keep away from arguments about, I, I just feel like there's so many people who are talking about we need to, you know, go to plant-based eating, like getting, you know, we can make our meats in labs and let's, we don't need to be killing animals to feed ourselves. And sure, that's fine. Like we we sh- don't need to be eating a piece of meat every single day or three times a day. But, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with uh, sustainably raising animals on the land, letting the animals you know, add the nutrients back into the soil rather than you relying on cheap uh, oil to put a ton of soybeans in the ground and then process them all and bring them to a lab to grow this weird fake meat. And then, (laughs) you know, it's just, it's such a more holistic way to like treat the problem of carbon emissions and how we're producing food. And it's, I don't know, the whole like factory uh, way of an industrial way of going about food production is just crazy to me. And I I truly do not believe that we have to make food to that scale. I know so many people say like, well, how would we feed everybody in the world? And it's like, I I understand like there's a lot of people, but I think we're overproducing at this point. And I don't think that we have to believe that we need millions of acres of corn in order to feed everybody mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. <laughs> more nutrient dense uh agriculture is what we need to move towards yeah <laughs> more holistically managed and that sharing your story from the heart and authentically as you're talking about is what is effective communication right it's not sure yeah sorry no you get excited no that's exactly that's exactly <laughs> what we're talking about of but it, but it's 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 risky and it can be scary to put yourself in places like that publicly. Oh, for sure. To, um, well, yes, both speak for yourself and your farm. But inherently, when any of us go and talk about organics, we're speaking for the movement too, right? Mm-hmm. You know, no pressure. Absolutely. But, but we need more of that, and we need more of that out there. We particularly need more women's voices out there. Have you found in your public role? the fact that you are a female farmer an advantage or a disadvantage or does it is it i don't know i don't know any other things for women to think about that we maybe could be telling our stories more or could be bringing these things out more sure i i don't know that firsthand i've i've really noticed if there's been you know a negative or a positive outcome but i i do suspect that um it may be inspires other women to think like oh well she can run a dairy farm sure i could do that too or like she's out there like talking about her experience why couldn't i and i do think sometimes there's that little bit of an aha like from men that are like 
that they might it might perk up their ears a little bit more to hear it from a woman because um like in so many fields uh i mean farming has been dominated by the voice voices of men for so long right and like i think i mean even in my experience i'll often tell people oh yeah i'm a dairy farmer and they're like oh like your husband's a dairy farmer right and i'm like no i am the dairy farmer <laughs> So I and I think then people are like, oh, and they're it's really an ex, like they almost are like excited to hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, it opens a door. Sure. And I, so I do think that uh, unless somebody is just like totally anti women, like that might make them mad. But in general, I, I think so many people are really like, wow, that's really intriguing. Like you run a dairy farm. Like, tell me more. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, it, yeah, I think you're right. It kind of just, it opens that door and they are more excited to hear it from a female because there's not many of us who are doing it and talking about it. It's still unique enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that that's very true. Even until the numbers change, it, it it's a story to tell. Sure. Um, and two, that idea of personalizing organics because different than when your parents, your dad first went organic. It's a thing now, right? It's an industry and people, there's good and bad. I think people often have negative associations with organic or I can't, it's amazing how many people I still talk to who think organic standards were something made up by the federal government, you know, or they're (laughs) like, no, 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 no. Really good people in the sustainable ag community worked for years on these and will be first in line to say that we have a lot more work to do, do you know? But sure. it's 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 busting these myths about organic, which we didn't have 20 years ago because it was a baby, do you know? Yeah. But uh, do you find um, sometimes you need to almost go to the basics of organics? Right? I know sometimes you talk about things like, hey, I'm not doing anything that different. This is what my grandpa used to do, right? Or tying it to history or things that people can relate to. How do you explain organics sometimes now that things have grown so big? I don't know it. If I'm ta- you, you can kind of tell immediately if they're trying to like catch you, like, and so they can be like, "Well, no, actually, I looked in, and there are, you know, things that you guys can spray." So much and that's not, comes from, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> I, I it. can, yeah, and to me, it's not worth spending my energy to like when I know that they're just trying to get me worked up. But if there's people who are legitimately interested in what is it that makes organic different than you know conventional because that's what my family has been doing and like how can we maybe like change or um I love to chat with them about my convictions about it because I absolutely yes I do see that the USDA could for sure be um you know there's loopholes that don't seem to make sense you know in the USDA and the National Organic Program but you know, it's it's That's just such weeds. a big complicated yeah. thing. Exactly. It's like how how can I'm just gonna be here on my farm doing the best that I can. And if you want to like, yeah, go into the weeds and like figure out like why organic is awful because there's some loophole that you can like, then that's fine. <laughs> and you know, I just find with social media, like I just feel like it was supposed to like be this thing that like brings everybody together and like teaches people so many things, but I feel like it almost does a better job of separating people and spreading misinformation about things. And you always have to wonder, like, who is funding, like, some of these, like, ridiculous smear <laughs> campaigns against organic and this and that. And, you know, I do think that if people are 
you know, that interested in getting to the bottom of, you know, what it is that organic, what sets them different. From, they will find out for themselves and they will find legitimate sources that are telling them, us farmers, we just kind of need to keep fighting the good fight and make sure that uh, we're following the rules, you know, as best we can in order to keep that integrity up. Um, yeah. Because, you know, again, especially when money starts going into something, which more money is coming into the National mm. Organic Program, there's always going to be a bad player out there who's just trying to make the money and maybe not necessarily like actually buy into how to be organic the proper way. And, you know, I'm not going to go, I can't go and change that. I can't go and change that somebody's trying to do something in a fraudulent way. So like I said, I just have to keep my head down and keep my integrity up and hope that people will see that. But and- you really know that. And that's great <laughs> advice for other women to to have that intestinal fortitude like you're talking about. And this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. You don't have to prove anything to anybody, much less a reporter. It's sure. communicating your story from your lens confidently as you do. And that's so inspiring because the more the more Kellys we can get out there, that will personalize things and personalize people's connection or reconnection in some cases to their food and the animals and the land and change the world, right? Hopefully. Excellent. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for listening to our In Her Boots podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Kiverest with the Moses In Her Boots project. This episode's audio engineer was Liam Kiverest of techsocket.net. The podcast was brought to you by the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, MOSES. The mission of MOSES is to educate, inspire, and empower farmers to thrive in a sustainable organic system of agriculture. For more information on MOSES, In Her Boots, and a bounty of organic resources, check out mosesorganic.org.